Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There are many things in life which may lead people to question their existence and place in the world. But out of all the external factors which can lead to a bout of the black dog creeping in, a song may not be the first thing that springs to mind that would trigger it. A simple song created by a composer in Hungary in 1933 is said to be responsible for a number of deaths, and law has grown around the composition which says the tune itself is now cursed, and any listen of it should be done so with a significant warning. But is the tune a trigger for depression so extreme it would lead to multiple people ending it all? Or is the legacy of its creation something far darker, which would go on to change history forever? Today on Macabre Mini Mysteries, we uncover the legend behind Gloomy Sunday, otherwise known as the Suicide Song. Welcome back to another episode of Macabre Mini Mysteries. I'm Nikki Druce, your host with the Silent G, and today I'll be taking you on a journey into another macabre tale from around the world. Today we're going to be exploring the history and lore behind what's reported to be the world's most deadly song, and no, it's not Baby Shark, and I hope you're ready to feel quite unsettled, because this one is like trying to unravel the plot of Inception whilst peeling an onion. It just keeps getting more and more complex and inevitably makes you cry. However, before we get into today's story, if you're new here and you want to see more videos where we deep dive into some lesser known historic tales from London, and in fact all over the world and beyond, then please don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And also, if you do like the show and you'd like to support what I make to make sure it continues, then why not consider becoming a patron? 
the link for which is in the description. And as I'm 99% sure this episode will be headed for demonetization, I'd really appreciate any extra support you might be able to give to help me and the show out, so I'm not just working for free on this one. If you are able to help, then please visit the support me section in the description, which will give you all the links you need so I can continue to regale you with the haunted history we both love. Also, I now have merch, so if you want to get your hands on some limited edition togs, make sure you check out the link in the description. So if you're looking for something comfy, horrifying and stylish, then make sure you check it out. Now, if you're anything like me, you'll know how much music can make you feel all sorts of emotions. There are songs out there capable of bringing immense joy and get you up and dancing as soon as you hear the first few bars, such as Crazy in Love or Bodies by Drowning Pool. Then there's the whole of Radiohead's back catalogue, which, if you listen to it end-to-end, you may just find yourself in the deepest of depressions. So when I first heard about today's story... I could completely see how there could be an emotional trend associated with a song. After all, TikTok has built an entire business model on making people react and dance to songs, so it makes sense that music holds the key to unlocking all of our emotions. However, does a song hold enough power to be able to lure people into harming themselves, and how did a simple poem turn into a song which was banned in many countries because of its impact on unwitting listeners, influencing them to take their own lives? In Hungary in the 1930s, one song claimed to be able to affect people so negatively that it was held responsible for 18 individual deaths. All of the people when found had some link to the song known as Gloomy Sunday. The departed souls had supposedly been found with records on loop playing the song, a copy of the sheet music in a body's hand, and one deceased woman was said to be the ex-lover of the song's composer. But where did the song come from, and how did it contain the unique recipe for initiating suicide? Or more importantly, how did it turn from a simple sad song into a reputedly haunted ballad. Reju Seres was born in Budapest in Hungary on November 3rd, 1889, to Jewish parents Iona, who was a dressmaker, and his father Bella, who worked in the printing industry. The family had three children, and Reju was the youngest of what was quite a poor household. In a bid to entertain himself, Reju discovered the piano at the age of 14 and taught himself to play. It was obvious from the get-go that he was a talented musician, and alongside working odd jobs to support himself, he spent a lot of time practising and honing his skill. As he grew older, Resho found himself flitting between jobs, but he had a strong need to be a performer of some sorts. He approached a local circus company and took on a role with them as a trapeze artist, but after a while he suffered a fall whilst on the ropes and damaged his wrist. This meant that Rejo's dream of being a literal high flyer were over, and he had to come up with a plan of what to do next. With an injured wrist, his love of piano playing was also affected, and so he had to learn to adjust to his new way of living, and to adapt his piano playing to accommodate. With much practice, he found that he could actually play the piano fairly competently with just one hand. 
Realising he could still perform with some skill, he began studying at the Franz Liszt Academy of Music in Budapest, where he learned composition and songwriting. Resho had dabbled previously with songwriting in his spare time, but now he was more serious about making this his actual career, and so he threw himself into the art wholeheartedly. However, the art of songwriting and composition wasn't a huge money spinner, and so Rego found himself working at a lamp factory in the meantime to pay his bills. Having lived through World War I, and it's unclear whether he had to serve or not from the biographies out there about him, as quite frankly, they're all over the place, Ceres had been privy to a changing landscape in Budapest, which was becoming fraught and dangerous, and so he moved to Paris with a friend to escape the impending conflict not realising within a few years the whole world would be embroiled in World War II and it would be almost impossible to escape it. Whilst in Paris, Rego began hanging out with a number of creative people, some of whom had also migrated from Hungary. Ceres became friends with a young poet named Laszlo Javor. When the pair eventually both found themselves back in Budapest, they used to go for walks in a nearby park adjacent to their apartments, and it was during one of these promenades that Rego began humming a tune he'd recently been working on. Rego told Laszlo that he'd written this song and titled it End of the World. Laszlo memorised the solemn tune, and when it wouldn't leave his head, he began to turn his hand at writing some lyrics for it. The legend goes that Resho had recently gone through a bad breakup and his girlfriend left him and the pain in his heart caused him to write an incredibly mournful tune to accompany his sadness, imbuing it with his own grief of a failed relationship. Laszlo returned with the lyrics to the song and also the title Sad Sunday to commemorate the day the pair broke up. However, Sad Sunday didn't cut it for Rego, and so he settled on Gloomy Sunday, which fit the cadence better and sounded better when sung. Yavor's lyrics were haunting and bleak, with lines like My heart and I have decided to end it all, and death is a quiet sleep, I'll be waiting for you there. When combined with Ceres's mournful melody, the song became a powerful and evocative piece of music that touched the heart of listeners all over Hungary and it became an unofficial anthem for the turmoil the country was facing at the time. Ceres recorded the song with a female singer, Pal Kalmar, and it became an instant success in Hungary. He toured the song around the many bars and cafes in Budapest, and given the increasing political and civil unrest in Hungary at the time, the song's melancholic melody and lyrics resonated with the public. In 1919, following the end of World War I, Hungary was transformed into a republic. The country's former ruling family, the Habsburgs, were deposed and replaced by a government led by social democrats and communists. This new government was short-lived, however, as it was overthrown later that same year by Admiral Miklos Horthy and his supporters, who established a new regime that would become known as the Horthy Era. The Horthy regime was characterised by authoritarianism, nationalism and anti-Semitism. Horthy himself was a staunch anti-Semite and enacted policies that marginalised Hungary's Jewish population, of which Rezsó and Laszlo were part of. 
This meant that for their friends and family, and for thousands of people living in Budapest, they felt the full effects of the building racial tension, and also the poor living conditions which came with a poorly enacted and funded new regime. The music produced by Resho, which reflected the harshness of life at the time, became incredibly popular, and he found a niche of writing sad songs for equally sad people. During the 1920s, Hungary's economy struggled, and the country was hit hard by the Great Depression. Admiral Horthy responded by attempting to strengthen Hungary's ties with Germany, which was also experiencing economic difficulties at the time. In the 1930s, Hungary's government became increasingly aligned with Nazi Germany, and Horthy sought to expand Hungary's borders and regain territories that had been lost in World War I. And by the mid-1930s, Hungary's political scene had become dominated by right-wing and fascist groups. The country's Jewish population continued to be persecuted, with many being stripped of their citizenship and subjected to violence, with many also being removed from schools, colleges and universities, and being removed from higher position jobs in favour of being put into low-ranking roles. After Suresh recorded Gloomy Sunday in 1933, and it became more widely distributed, word began to spread that the song may have just been deadly. Some people claimed that the song was driving young people to take their own lives, and rumours began to spread that the melody was so haunting that it could drive people to despair and even death. There were reports in the Hungarian press of people who had listened to the song and then taken their own lives. Over the following year since the song was released, a total of 18 suicides were attributed to the song by the local press. All the bodies found were said to have had a connection to the song, with some being found with the song playing on a gramophone on repeat, which, is that even possible? I'm sure it is, but I don't want to sound silly if it isn't. Some were found after having heard the song sung in a bar, and one particularly salacious tale said a man walked into a club where the song was being performed and proceeded to end it all in front of everyone using a revolver to his temple. Another one of the most well-known legends involves a young woman who was so moved by the song that she took her own life by jumping off a bridge in Budapest. It's said that her suicide note contained the lyrics to the song and from that day on, the tune became known as the Hungarian Suicide Song. The most poignant of the 18 reported deaths, however, seemed to be that of Resho's ex-girlfriend, whom he wrote the song about. The pair had allegedly rekindled their romance when things had once again turned sour and a few days later she was found dead with a copy of the sheet music for Gloomy Sunday next to her lifeless body. These romantically tinged salacious suicides which graced the newspapers began to be recounted around the world and as news travelled slowly about the infamous deadly ditty, the tantalising tale washed up on the shores of America. Once the song was translated into English, its commercial viability blossomed, and it wasn't long before several big names of the day recorded a version, with Artie Shaw, Sarah Vaughan, and the Paul Whiteman Orchestra all having a go. However, the song's popularity and infamy ballooned when the incredibly popular jazz singer Billie Holiday recorded the song in 1941. 
This uptick in popularity of the song sadly had no effect on Resho's life, as by this time, World War II was well underway, and Budapest was part of the Axis powers, which meant anyone Jewish was... Well, we all know exactly what that meant for Jewish people. I don't need to spell that bit of history out to you. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Resho was sent to a labour camp and stayed there until the end of the war. Luckily, he survived the Holocaust and found his way back to Budapest once the war had ended. As the popularity of Gloomy Sunday had continued around the world with people who resonated with its message, the royalties in America had been mounting for Resho, but not so much anywhere else. As part of a communist regime, Ceres was forbidden from making money from the song, and even though it would have been possible to perhaps leave the country, he wouldn't have been able to have brought home the money he made without having to hand it over. The conflict of both systems meant that Resho couldn't have the life either of them offered to him, and as such he remained stuck in Budapest with a fortune waiting for him overseas, which was out of reach and meant nothing where he lived. However, the song's success may have just been based on a lie. During the period of the song's success, rumour has it that it was used as somewhat of a distraction from what was happening in the slum communities in Budapest. The link between the song and suicide was used as a distraction away from the real-life problems people were facing, and the newspapers used the song as a scapegoat to distract from the issues which had been created by the government and the fallout from World War I. People were destitute, living in abject poverty, and had very few prospects for jobs. Many had been persecuted for being Jewish, and their livelihood stripped of them. For a lot of people... Death seemed like a better option than living in such a cruel world, which gave them no hope of things improving. A simple song was blamed for the failings of the government, but the truth was, the world was going to hell in a handcart, but it was much easier to blame the so-called suicide song and scapegoat poor Ceres. The reports of the deaths attributed to the composition were often exaggerated or, in some cases, completely fabricated, with later researchers not being able to find any records of the people which were said to have died having ever existed. So, why did the song become so overhyped and widely regarded as dangerous? Well, there are a few theories surrounding the song, with the first being that Resho himself was disliked by the government, 
and in general for his Jewish heritage. So any success of Jewish people was sabotaged, and this was done via the newspapers, which would threaten his ongoing employability and success as a composer. The other is that the story around the song may have had a handful of deaths originally attributed to it, which Ceres's publishers heard about and then decided to hugely embellish the number in order to boost sales of the recorded material and also the sheet music. After all, with the invention of cinema, suicide on screen was having a grotesque romanticism attached to it, with the portrayal of many heroines and heroes of the silver screen dying for love. The Art Deco period focused a lot on romantic tragedies from lost civilizations, and if the same could be done on screen, it could perhaps be done for a song. Nevertheless, Despite the story being fabricated, or should that be elaborated, the idea that the song was cursed or possessed with some kind of paranormal power was continually sustained, and it soon became one of the most famous urban legends in Hungarian folklore. The law even crossed over to England, where the BBC banned the song from airplay during World War II as it was detrimental to morale. However, instrumental versions remained permissible on air. Despite the song's popularity, Ceres never earned much money from it. He sold the rights to the song for a small sum eventually, and any royalties he did make were left to rot in the US, no doubt making the record companies a pretty penny. And as a form of protest about that, I'll not be playing the song in full in this episode because they will 1000% copyright strike me and I don't want them to get another penny from poor Resho. Sadly, the remainder of Ceres's life was difficult, and before long, life imitated his own art. He struggled with depression and alcoholism throughout the whole of his life, but as he aged, these problems became worse, and his career never reached the heights of Gloomy Sunday ever again. Eventually, in 1968, and at the age of 78, Resho Ceres tried to take his own life by jumping out of a window in his Budapest apartment. However, his attempt on his life was unsuccessful, and he was taken to hospital to recover. Bereft and very unwell by this point, he decided to put himself out of his misery by grotting himself with a wire, and he was found dead in his hospital bed. Despite the culmination of Resho's life being incredibly sad, he is still remembered today as a talented composer and songwriter. There is even a statue to commemorate him in Budapest, but you'll have to keep an eye out for it as it's part of a miniature series of sculptures dotted around the old town which are dedicated to some of the city's forgotten historical figures. Suresh's statue is stuck to the Kiz Peeper bar, where he at one time played the song nightly as part of his job as their resident pianist. Despite his tragic end, Suresh's legacy lives on through Gloomy Sunday, which continues to be performed and recorded by artists all over the world, with more modern singers such as Sinead O'Connor, Sarah McLaughlin, and even Bjork having all performed versions of the tune. The song's haunting melody and melancholy lyrics have continued to capture the imagination of listeners for decades, and its legacy as one of the most famous and controversial songs in Hungarian history remains secure. Today, Gloomy Sunday is remembered as both a beautiful piece of music and a haunting reminder of the power of art to touch our deepest emotions and desires. 
Whether or not the song possesses any kind of supernatural power or not, it remains a testament to the human experience and our ability to empathise with others' artistic creations. From its origins as a simple melody played on a piano to its status as a legendary piece of music associated with tragedy and despair, the story of this song is a testament to the power of music to move and inspire us. While the curse surrounding the song may be nothing more than a myth, the impact of Gloomy Sunday on Hungarian culture and the world of music as a whole is undeniable. After all, all the while there are people on the planet who love, suffer loss and find themselves with a bad case of the black dog, there will always be a need for the heart to empathise with Resho's gloomiest of all songs for the saddest of Sundays. I'll be blessing you Gloomy Sunday for joining me for this episode as always i'd love to know your thoughts on this one and maybe let me know which macabre mini mystery you'd like me to cover next i found this tale really really fascinating today and it had so many more layers to it than i was initially expecting trying to collate this story as well was a little bit tough because as i said resho's story is all over the place and it's actually quite hard to track down what the actual story is so i've done my best to put it all together but there might be a few loose ends there i'll leave all my sources in the description as usual but if you did enjoy this one i'd really appreciate it if you could please leave me a sacrificial comment for the algorithm gods and maybe a thumbs up on youtube or a rating and review on your podcast provider also, if you're new around here and you'd like that story, then why not subscribe and join the Ghoul Gang? There's literally hundreds of episodes for you to catch up on. If you do like the show and you've been around for a while now and you'd like to support what I make to keep the lights on around here and um, to sword fed and watered, then why not consider becoming a patron like these amazing top tier legendary executive Patreon producers, Amy, Christina, Christoph, Jess, Kate, Kevin, Mary, Rose, Sally, Sam, Sarah, Teresa, V and Veronica and all of our other patrons too. If you just want to give a one-off gift to help me make any money on this episode at all, because as I said, it's definitely 1 million percent going to be demonetized, then there's a range of ways you can do that. Please check out the support me section in the notes for links. All support is 100% vital for me being able to continue making the show, and you don't even know how much it means to me. We recently hit 50 patrons, which is absolutely incredible, and I'd love for more of you to come and join us, because it's a lot of fun over there. Thanks for even considering supporting me, you're the best. And don't forget to head to the merch link in the description too to get your goodies. Or you can find it at macabrelondon-shop.fourthwall.com Also, if you're a patron and you're in the £5 and up tier, then you get a nice big cheeky discount on that too. And you also get extra content too, so what are you waiting for? It's a complete win-win. Thanks for joining me for another macabre mini mystery. I've been Nikki Drews, remember to stay spooky, and I'll see you ghouls next time. <laughs>